Welcome to this service, which comes to you from the parish of Kaslucha and Gorsainen. We hope you find it helpful, and we'd be glad if you want to find out more or to get in touch through the website stkath.org.uk. Today, Jill Jenko will read. Our vicar, Adrian Morgan, will explain those readings. And Val My Fox will lead us in prayers for you to join and perhaps to add to. First, here's the prayer for this week. Almighty God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Teach us to offer ourselves to your service, that here we may have your peace, and in the world to come may see you face to face. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Chapter 21, verses 33 to 46. Jesus tells the parable of the evil farmers. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them in the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But the tenants saw the son, and they said to each other, 
this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Today's parable comes at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus has already made his way into Jerusalem, and he knows that it's not going to be long until he's handed over to the authorities and nailed to a cross. So he isn't wanting to mince his words. He's wanting to share a message that he's longing for them and for us today to understand. When we read it, it may not seem so plain speaking. It may appear a little cryptic as Jesus talks about vineyards and landlords and tenants. It may not seem so obvious to us today. But when first century Jews heard Jesus talking about vineyards, they would have known exactly what he was saying. It would have been a no-brainer. They would have immediately been reminded of Old Testament passages like Isaiah 5. We read there, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. They would have known that he was talking about them. And this morning, I want us to spend a little time looking at a few things that Jesus is wanting to share in this parable. And the first is this, the incredible patience of the Father. It may not be the first thing that you expect me to say about this parable, that at first glance appears to be so much more about judgment than grace. But it's right there in the story, and I don't want us to miss it. In the parable of the vineyard, the tenants, before they've even done a thing, have a fairly amazing deal. They have a perfect rental property in a highly sought-after location, and it boasts many desirable things, including a hedge, a wine press, and a watchtower. We can gloss over those things, but the reality is that they would have made this the perfect vineyard. They had everything, and not only that, they had a dream landlord too. He didn't lord it over them, but he gave them the property and he went off on a journey, leaving them to enjoy the vineyard. But the goodness and kindness of the landlord, and ultimately of God, doesn't end there. 
but it continues as he sends servant after servant, giving them chance after chance to make their payment. But they refuse, and they beat and they kill them. I wonder what you would do if you were that landlord. He doesn't give up. He sends yet more servants, and the same thing happens to them. And ultimately, he even sends his son, thinking that they'd respect him. But they kill him too. We see such patience, such kindness, and such grace from God in this story. Even when the landlord is rejected again and again and again, he doesn't throw a tantrum and lock the gates of the vineyard, but he demonstrates patience and grace. From the beginning of time, God has been coming towards his people. Throughout history, he sent prophet after prophet to point people towards him, and he even sent his son, who ended up nailed to a cross. Despite rejection after rejection, God has never given up on us, but he gives everything up for us so that we might know him. And even when his chosen people Israel decided to give up on him, he didn't shut the gates of heaven, he didn't give up on us, but he made a way for everyone to come in. No one is excluded, everyone is welcome. That's the heart of our God. It was true in the Old Testament and in the New Testament too. From the beginning of time, it's always been God's heart. Not that people should be cast out from his presence, but that they might come into his presence, that they might know him. Yes, Jesus is plain speaking in this parable, but let's not miss the extravagant grace that's right at the heart of it. The second thing that Jesus is teaching us today is that our response to God really matters. As we've already seen, the people in this parable have been given everything. But having everything isn't enough. It's their response that really matters. And at the end of the day, the people in the parable wanted to do away with God. They wanted the vineyard without the landlord, the fruit without the farmer, the kingdom without the king. And, as the chief priests and Pharisees discover, as they listen to Jesus' teaching, there's a huge cost to living this way, as they miss out on the life that could have been theirs, and should have been theirs. Jesus even asks them what the landlord should do with the tenants that reject and kill the servants, and ultimately his son, and immediately they respond with these words. He will put out those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyards to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. They know that this is no way to treat a generous landlord and they're absolutely certain about it. But then Jesus stops telling stories and he starts speaking plainly with them by sharing verses that they would have again been very familiar with. Have you never read in the scriptures... The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, and it will be given to people who produce fruit for the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, 
and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. There's nothing cryptic about this. Like the vineyard, the picture of the cornerstone would have been very familiar to them, and they would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. The penny would definitely have dropped, and they would have realised that he was talking very much about them. They realise now that there's a cost to ignoring Jesus, and they don't like it. They want to arrest him. If you were given the amazing opportunity given to the tenants of the vineyard, you wouldn't turn your nose up at it. You'd embrace it with both hands. At first glance, Jesus' words seem harsh, but they're words of concern because he's wanting people to see that there's a cost to rejecting the invitation of life. Jesus wants them to see that simply living in the vineyard is not the most important thing. Being born into the right family, being religious, attending the synagogue and obeying all the right laws wasn't what it was about. And it can be really easy as we read this parable to point the finger and to say, that was for them, not for us. Perhaps like the chief priests and the Pharisees did when Jesus was talking to them. But whilst Jesus wasn't speaking directly to us when he told this parable, I believe that he's saying something through this story that's relevant for us today, just like it was back then. And it's this. God is offering us his extravagant love and our response really matters. Like the landlord, Jesus is calling us to him. And his calling cards are his life, his death and his resurrection. There, we see Jesus give up everything so that we can know, can experience and live in the fullness of life that only he can bring. Today, Jesus speaks plainly, but maybe it's time to let him speak plainly to us. His incredible, gracious, loving invitation requires a response. It can't be left in our inbox forever. My wife Claire's been doing a couch to 5k recently and she hasn't been able to reach her goal by accident. She's had to speak plainly to herself at times and to decide to throw herself in, to commit wholeheartedly because it isn't just going to happen. And maybe we have all kinds of reasons to deliberate and to be unsure about Jesus and they may not even be bad reasons. Perhaps it feels too costly to say yes to Jesus, to commit wholeheartedly to him. But, as the tenants discovered, it won't be as costly as saying no. This is an invitation to come into a relationship with a God who knows you, who values you, who loves you more than you can imagine. And Jesus doesn't want you to bear the cost of missing out on that. So this parable is designed to help us see the starkness of the decision that Jesus is putting in front of us. We can't sit on the fence forever. And when we realise the life that Jesus is calling us to, I don't know why we'd want to. Because when we say yes to him, we find life in greater measure than anything or anyone could ever offer us in this world. A life that isn't dependent on our circumstances or on the circumstances of those around us, but which comes straight from him who is the God of life. 
And I know this because I've experienced it for myself and because I've heard so many stories from others who've experienced it too. Whether you're on top of the world or whether you feel as if the world is on top of you, Jesus promises to walk with you forever, to bring you hope and comfort, strength and joy and peace. Why wouldn't you want to say yes to that? All that's amazing, but you may be sitting there listening this morning and thinking, that's great and I'd love a bit of that for myself, but if you only knew me, the state of my life and the things that I've done, or the distances that I've run from God, no matter how patient he is, you wouldn't be inviting me to come. Or maybe you used to walk closely with God, but you've wandered away. Maybe you feel this morning as if you're anything but a good Christian and that you've blown it with God. Well, if that's where you are today, I want to finish where I began by reminding you of the incredible grace of God who gave everything to the tenants of the vineyard before they'd even done a stitch of work. When it comes to entering God's kingdom, none of us, no matter our background, our colour or our creed, have anything to bring to the table. Jesus is the righteousness that we need to come into God's presence. It's all about him and nothing to do with us, what we've done or what we haven't done, how good or bad we are, how happy or sad we've been. We can't earn our way into God's presence. But the amazing news is this, that we don't have to, because Jesus has provided a way for us. Through his death and his resurrection, he's turned our rags into robes of righteousness. And all that we need to do is to trust him and to put them on. And when we do, we're called new creations, children of God, sons and daughters of a king. I talked earlier about Claire's 5K and the decision and the resoluteness that she needed to reach her goal. But there is a big difference between the decision to respond to Jesus and that one. To run a 5K, you have to practice. You've got to be a bit sporty and fit. You can't just wake up one day and decide that you're going to do it. But when it comes to Jesus, there are no prerequisites, no warm-ups needed. Everyone is welcome. The invitation is as relevant today as it was all the way back then. Jesus is giving you an invitation of life. He's calling you to himself. How will you respond? Will you say yes to Jesus? And for others who may have responded, today may come as a reminder that you're coming to Jesus and he is more than enough. Amen.
Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, as we humbly bow before you, we pray that you will give guidance to all your creatures during this deadly coronavirus. We pray for the Universal Church and their communities as we realize that they may all have differing needs of which only you are aware. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bless your holy name for the grace declared in all your saints and grant that we, rejoicing in their fellowship and following their good examples, may at your son's appearing be set with them on his right hand and be made partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops, priests and deacons, especially our vicar Adrian and John, our bishop and archbishop, that they, by their life and doctrine, proclaim thy true and living word and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We beseech thee, O Lord, to give all local, national and international leaders guidance to work for the benefit of all your creatures and not just for personal esteem, reward and power. And also bless Elizabeth, our Queen, and all who exercise authority under her. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for all manner of men, women, boys and girls who work to support our society. Give courage and cheerfulness to all those who work in mundane and unrewarding work with little satisfaction in their lives. Give patience and wisdom to all who work with people, social workers, teachers, healthcare workers, doctors and nurses, ambulance workers, and keep them safe during the COVID-19 plague. Keep them all brave and committed as they undertake their work. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Of thy goodness, O Lord, help and comfort all who are in trouble, sorrow, sickness, need, or any other adversity, granting them a happy issue out of all their afflictions. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to thy gracious keeping all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to grant us with them everlasting light and peace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we bless thy holy name for the grace and virtue declared in all thy saints. Grant that we, following their good examples, may at their son's appearing be set with them on his right hand and be made partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Hear us, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate, to whom with thee and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, world without end.
Amen.
Thank you for joining us. Do remember that you are very welcome to get in touch if there's anything you need or if you'd like to join one of our online groups or even come to church in a COVID-safe way. But now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may be filled with hope. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you and those you love, now and always. Amen. Go in peace, be safe, and look after those around you. Thank you for joining us.